You're listening to Radio Influence. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Justin Watson. We are fresh off a big Valor 61 card this past weekend in Knoxville at the Cotton Eye Joe. It did disappoint. Had a great crowd. Had a uh, had a good atmosphere. A lot of electricity in the air. A lot of good action. Justin, how's it going, my man? Uh, pretty good. Still kind of coming down from everything. Had a, had a long night at the Joe. <laughs> it happens. It happens. I uh, I hear Vince Neal's going to be there here this weekend at the Joe. We might need to go check that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, of course, we're going to recap, as always, the Valor car a little bit later. That'll be our main portion of the show. We'll bring in uh, Jeff Hobbs uh, and Mark Laws to help us break that down. But before we get to that, we've uh, got some national stuff to cover. Justin, we are uh, coming off of the UFC Sacramento card, which was this past Saturday, it was an all ESPN Plus card, and uh, you know it was uh, it was decent on action. Now, I wouldn't say that it was just the most stellar card ever, but it, it was decent. Um, you know, I, I didn't do very well on my uh, on my DraftKings or uh, or on the on the books at all, to tell you the truth. But I didn't play it too heavy. I just just enough to embarrass myself a little bit. Uh, we, we started things off uh, with a unanimous decision win for Manito Lopez over Vince Morales. Close one there. I wouldn't have been surprised if it went the other way. I was happy it went to Lopez because that's who I played, but um, it, was, it was really close. Uh, Brianna Van Buren, man, she's a little tank. She's a little beast. She looked really good. Uh, pretty uh, pretty dominant decision over, uh, over uh, that was against Olivia Hinata Souza, former Invicta champ, who I had pegged to, to win that fight. So, uh, nice win for Van Buren, kind of a coming out party for her. I think some people will have her on their radar uh, moving forward. And then uh, rounding out the early prelims, it was Jonathan Martinez with another slight upset with a big uh, knee, uh, flying knee knockout over uh, Pingon Liu, who uh, is a Chinese fighter who was the favorite there. Uh, and I kind of like Martinez as the, as the underdog there. Just I thought he'd be a little more well-rounded. And uh, it was a really close fight up until that point. But a big uh, big knockout win for Martinez. Anything stand out on these early prelims, Justin? Uh, maybe, mainly Van Buren. Um, you know, I think she was a pretty sizable underdog, wasn't she? Yeah, I mean, she was relatively decent underdog. She's probably, I'd say Sousa was like minus 160, something like that. Okay, yeah. Um, that was the most impressive for me. I mean, I, ha- I had Sousa as well. and um, Van Buren, like you said, pretty dominant performance from her. Martinez got a $50,000 performance bonus for that knockout, too. Uh, moving on to the, uh, the, I guess, regular prelims, you would say. Um, we had four of those. Uh, Ryan Hall with a unanimous decision victory over Darren Elkins. Uh, that was a fight that, uh, man, it was interesting. Because at the beginning of the fight, uh, you know, Hall was kind of flopping around and scooting. And, you know, you're kind of wanting kind of wanting Elkins to just kick his ass. But, like, as the fight <laughs> went on, uh, Hall started opening up. And he, he was able to just commit so so fully to, like, those spinning kicks and the spinning uh, back fists and stuff like that because he, he didn't mind to be taking – he wanted to be on the ground. So he could completely commit to that crazy stuff, and it was landing. Uh, you know, he dropped Elkins a couple times. It was really a weird fight, but, uh, yeah, good win for Ryan Hall, I guess. 
Uh, Juliana Pena wins the unanimous decision over Nico Montano, who uh, I expect to be much more dominant than she was in this fight. The first round, she probably lost, actually. Um, I, you know, watching the fight, I was like, man, this is bad. This is uh, it's not going to be good. <laughs> you know, she's going to lose a decision like this. But she seemed to kind of stop being so tentative there in the last couple of rounds, turned it on a little bit, got, uh, got the win uh, after being out for, uh, you know, a, a, good, a good moment, a, you know, a couple of years. Uh, Andre Feely gets a uh, TKO over Shimon Marais. Uh, that was a bit of a surprise. I, I, I pegged uh, Marais as an upset there, and I certainly didn't expect Feely to just finish him in the first. So a good win there for Feely. And then uh, rounding out the prelims, uh, probably the biggest upset on the card, I guess, John Allen, uh, the Brazilian, um, improves to 14-5. and five. He took that fight on short notice and wins a unanimous decision over Mike Rodriguez who uh, just kind of looked a little out of his depth there after the first round. And uh, Allen, you know, more well-rounded and just surprised some people. If you, if you took Allen on DraftKings, he, he was the, the cheapest guy. That's what we always say, the lowest guy. You, know, he, you can usually count on him to do some crazy shit, and he did. So uh, props to him. Your your thoughts, Justin, on the, the rest of the prelims? Oh, uh, yeah, Ron Hall and Mandarin Elkins was interesting. He definitely, if you saw, thought about somebody getting dropped with punches, you didn't think it was going to be uh, Darren Elkins. Right. Um, but like you said, I mean, if, you know, if, if you're wanting to get taken down, that's the best way to try to do it, I guess, is just to throw some, some wild spinning stuff and, um, you know, hope for the best. Um, <clears throat> I was probably most surprised with, uh, Montagna, you know, I didn't think she would be able to survive in there with Juliana Pena. Like you said, it's been a long time, um, but good for her to get a win, uh, get back in there. Andre Feely was a big knockout. I, I was worried for him in this fight i had i had feely here but um i didn't think it was going to go that way definitely not that quick um and big win for allen as well main card uh looks like we had five fights on the main card uh started off marvin vittori the italian gets a unanimous decision win over cesar Bahia mutante uh you know like we said he looks like a million bucks you know the guy's is diesel but he just can't seem to put it all together there, and um, you know, uh, Vittori gets the win. Good win for Vittori. I guess we'll probably see him start moving up the rankings. Carl Roberson takes a split decision over another big underdog in Wellington Terman, a Brazilian, who uh, looked pretty good. That guy, that guy looked pretty tough. You know, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they'd given that fight to him. Honestly, that was uh, he had a really good performance. Both those Brazilians, him and John Allen, big underdogs, short notice guys, and they both came in and, and put on good performances. Uh, Josh Emmett gets a. Uh, uh, first round, uh, first round TKO uh, over Mirsad Bektik, who, you know, that was kind of, you know, the book on uh, Emmett is, you know, if it went to a decision, I liked Bektik's in, but, you know, Emmett has that power and uh, was able to, to, to drop him and, and finish him with strikes uh, at home. You know, good night there uh, for, for the alpha male on the underdog. It gets better for him here in a moment, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, your thoughts on the uh, early part of the main card. Um, Marvin Vittori looked real good, you know, coming off of uh, a, a big loss, you know, to a, a good prospect um, in Stylebender. And then, you know, coming back against Cesar Fajaya, who's, you know, not, like you said, his his record's kind of funny. I mean, he, he, I don't know, if maybe he just needs a new camp. Maybe he needs to go up to uh, 205. Um, I'm not sure, but some changes need to be made there. He's, he's He should be doing a lot better than he is. A uh, huge knockout for Josh Emmett, you know, that's uh, back-to-back knockouts for him. So uh, he's, he'll be getting a pretty good fight next, I would say. Yeah, I imagine we'll see him in a pretty pretty big fight next. 
the co-main event, man, this one was crazy. We got like after all these decisions, we got two finishes real quick in the in the last two fights. Your eye Faber comes back out of retirement. You know how those go in MMA. And man, I thought Ricky Simone was throwing him. I thought they were throwing Faber to the wolves there with Ricky Simone as as his comeback fight because Simone has just looked so good. You know, buzz soft. But Uriah Faber gets uh he gets knocks him out. <laughs> you know, he drops him, finishes him up with ground and pound. But uh yeah, it, it moves to thirty-five and ten, fairly sizable underdog there to Ricky Simone. He drops to fifteen and two. Then in the main event, uh, we saw Aspen Ladd looking less than stellar on the scale uh, coming into that fight. I didn't want any part of that. Uh, so I was on the right side of this one as Jermaine Durandamy moves to nine and three with a sixteen second knockout uh, over Aspen Ladd there at 135 pounds and uh it was one of those fights where i was like man there is no way i can get on aspen lad here you know i mean i'm not a huge durandomy fan by any means but uh you know i just thought she was even at, at lad being at, at full strength that was a pretty major step up for her especially being depleted like she was so uh it was almost like is this too good because the odds didn't shift too crazy you can still get them at near a pick and uh, and I was like, this just seems like a trap. Is it too good to be true? And, and it wasn't. It was it was the right move. Your thoughts on the uh, the top two? Yeah, Aspen Ladd was a tough sell for me. Um, the, you know, the the reach and the the, the stand up of Durandamy is just um, on a totally different level than than what Aspen's used to. And then you know, I didn't see the weigh-ins, but I've heard a lot about it. And uh, I don't know, man. She's not she's not like the most put together girl out there, you know. So. You would think that making weight wouldn't be that tough for her. I don't know, but um, I mean, she's in in past fights. She's almost looked like she could go down. So I don't know uh, what the issue there was, but um, hell of a fight for Uriah, man. That was uh, I thought he was getting knocked out pretty quick in the fight. You know, Ricky Simone caught him and uh, uh, he started backpedaling, and then Ricky Simone just kind of got overzealous and Faber was able to hit him again and then bull rush him on the ground and, and get the stoppage. It may have been a little quick, but uh, you know, I don't know. I think the, the the I've heard a lot of talk about both these being kind of early. Um, I think Aspen Live, I think that was a good call. Um, but Ricky Simone, they might have been able to let that go a little bit longer. But I don't think he was going anywhere. I mean, once your eye gets on top of you, throwing punches like that, it's hard to hard to get that to stop. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it was a good call. It was a, it was a good night for Team Alpha Male on the performance bonuses too. Faber, Emmett, and Feely, all three get um, $50,000 performance bonuses. So uh, congrats to them, man. I, I like going into this, I was like, man, all these alpha male guys are in awfully tough at home. You know, I don't know. It, uh, yeah, they, they, they showed out, man. Uh, real quick, biggest winner, biggest loser for you on this card? Uh, biggest loser, Aspen Ladd. Biggest winner, your uh, favor. Staying there at the top. I like it. I'm going to agree. I think, uh, you know, Ladd definitely, it's a, it's a bad loss for her now. I'm making her way up to the top of the car. She's going to tumble some. Um, big win for Faber uh, as well. But I'm going to just kind of, you know, go off the beaten path a little bit here and uh, and, and give my biggest win, I think, to uh, Josh Emmett, who, who knocks off Bectic, who, uh, you know, was certainly uh, you know top prospect there and puts himself now in uh, line, I would think, for, for a big fight. So um, that'll wrap up our coverage of UFC on ESPN Plus there in Sacramento. And that brings us into this week's action. It will be the fourth installment of the UFC on ESPN proper, if you will. Uh, this whole card is on ESPN and it is going to be Saturday in San Antonio, Texas. 
So uh, looks like we got a main event: Rafael dos Anjos versus Leon Edwards. Mm, I'm sure it'll be a great fight, but I mean, it's not in. I, mean, I don't. I'm having a hard time getting it up for this card, uh, Justin. We'll see if we can't uh, do any damage here, though. Uh, we'll start off with uh, the prelims, of course, the early prelims. Um, we'll see. Looks like we got a total of 13 fights. It's a big card, uh, so we're going to run through this. Fairly quickly, uh, 135 pounds. We've got Domingo Polarte, if I can recall, that's a contender series guy, uh, taking on Felipe Calaris, also 8-1. and one. So that's a battle of 8-1 and one prospects there. Also, uh, looks like we're starting off with three consecutive Bantamweight fights, three 135 fights. Uh, the second one, um, Mario Bautista, 6-1, and one, takes on Jin Su-Son, 9-3. Looks like he's a South Korean prospect. Uh, Ray Borg has fallen awfully far. He is way down here on the prelims. 11-4, Ray Borg moving the, uh, making the move up to uh, to Bantamweight from uh, Flyweight, taking on the undefeated Gabriel Silva from Brazil. Um, uh, Roxanne Modafari, 23-15, and 15, uh, takes on Jennifer Maya in a Flyweight female bout as well. Uh, any thoughts on these super early prelims? Uh, it's not uh, bad, really. I mean, those first three uh, bantam fights i mean you know with the exception of ray borg um it's, it's just a bunch of up-and-comers that are all you know on tears um and ray borg you know he's, he's new to the weight class uh still you know relative he's only got 15 fights so um all these guys are are you know trying to make a bid for for getting into the top 15 at bantamweight uh mata ferry she was supposed to fight um uh, she was supposed to fight uh liz carmouche I'm pretty sure on on this card, and uh, Liz got yes. moved to to fight uh, Shevchenko at, for the belt. Um, I'm not sure that this will probably be a. I, I feel like this will be kind of a grindy fight. Um, I'd like to see Ferry get a win. Though. I like I like seeing her. She's just so unassuming. You know, she just, just looks like yeah. she just doesn't belong there. And um, I'd like to see her get a win, but it's it's hard to, it's hard to pull for her, man. She's just she's like somebody's mom in there getting punched in the face. <laughs> it's a tough one too. Uh, you know, Jennifer Maya is good. She's coming off a win over Alexis Davis. So, you know, she's, she's a, she's a tough opponent, even on short notice, uh, rounding out the prelims here. We've got uh, three more. We've got smile and Sam Alvey, always a, always a fan favorite. Now he's moved up to light heavyweight. You know, he's taking on Clinton Abreu 14 and three out of Brazil. Raquel Pennington, uh, nine and seven, uh, competes at bantamweight against Irene Aldana. That should be a pretty fun fight. Both girls like the scrap. Both those girls are scrappy. Uh, and then rounding out the prelims, uh, Bruce Leroy. Man, he's still here. Alex Caceres, fourteen and twelve, taking on Steven Peterson, seventeen and eight. And that is actually going to be a war, probably. Just uh, knowing those guys and the way they fight, that's probably going to be a lot of fun. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, I think that's probably a good move for Sam Alvey going up to to light heavyweight. Uh, um, he's never going to be a contender, or you know, probably even top fifteen, but um, kind of a, a gatekeeper for the top fifteen at, at light heavyweight. Probably is where you'll see him for the next couple of years. Um, I'd like to see him get a win. Uh, I'm not too sure about this other guy. I don't haven't never seen him fight before. Um, Raquel Pennington, that's kind of crazy. I didn't realize that she was nine and seven. You know, she was just fighting for a title like yeah. a year ago or something, maybe in her last fight. Um, but she's close to five hundred there, almost like you know her. Her and Casera are both you know two losses away from five hundred, um, and both you know pretty 
pretty big names, so um, they could both use wins. I think those will, those will both be pretty action fights there. Yeah, I think so too. Um, that they're lined very closely as well. Aldana is you know minus one forty five there. That's uh, you know negligible. Uh, Caceres minus one thirty. You know these are these are all fairly evenly lined fights so far, with the exception of Borg's up there at minus three hundred. Um, moving on to the main card, heavyweights, and I feel like this has happened before. Alexi, Arlo- I'm sorry, Andre Arlovsky. Uh, it takes on Big Ben Rothwell. Uh, I feel like that's happened to like on like an aff- that when Affliction was doing things. Maybe yeah. Um, yeah I'll let you uh, fill me in if I'm wrong there. But um, yeah, so this is kind of like your your legend series fight here. Arlovsky uh, taking on uh, Big Ben. Big Ben's the favorite now, two to one there. Uh, Francisco Trinaldo takes on Alexander Hernandez. That's a pretty good fight. Uh, Trinaldo twenty three and six. Alexander Hernandez ten and two. Uh, and then rounding out the uh, beginning of the main card, James Vick, 13-3, lightweight bout against Daniel Hooker, uh, 17-8. and eight. Your thoughts? I think these are three super fun fights. Uh, Arlovsky and Rothwell, I think that was an affliction. I believe Arlovsky got the knockout um, in that fight. I'd have to go back and look. But uh, Hernandez, he's coming off the loss to Cowboy. I believe, you know, he was uh, – he had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of hype coming in, and um, he was feeling himself, and uh, Cowboy kind of knocked him down a little bit. Trinaldo is a is a tough cracker. I mean, you know, he's stepped out just a, just a, a put together lightweight, and he hits super hard. So it'd be a good test. I look for Alex Fernandez to to uh, you know really display what what he has uh, in this fight. And James Vick and Dan Hooker is I think is going to be a hell of a fight. You know, both these guys are. Uh, just like to stand and, and bang, and um, I think Hooker might be a little tougher. So I ho- hopefully James Vick can stay in there and doesn't quit. And if, if not, we could be in for three hard-fought rounds in that one. Uh, the feature bout, of course, is what your average uh, MMA fan, I would say, has his eye on the most. Heavyweight bout, Greg Hardy, the infamous Greg Hardy, polarizing, if you will. Uh, four and one coming off a win over a guy that – is maybe shouldn't be in the UFC um, taking on Juan Adams five and one uh, who's coming off a loss to Arjun Peeler, which is also rough, man. Uh, uh, I, I, I was surprised to see Juan Adams is the favorite here. Minus minus one fifty because I mean, I'm not saying Greg Hardy's all that, but like I'm like have been less than impressed with Juan Adams, you know? So, I'm going to say Greg Hardy here. Um, I like him. I don't like him, but I, I'm going to bet on him probably <laughs> uh, it just by sheer explosion. Uh, and then the co-main event, uh, Lexi Olenek takes on the big ticket. Walt Harris, heavyweights. Um, Alexi Olenek and Harris are near, near a pick them there. And that's certainly a battle of styles, uh, if, to, to say the least. If, if Olenek has his way, then we're grappling. Uh, your thoughts on these two? It's kind of unfortunate, you know, you, I've seen amateur heavyweight bouts that were, um, you know, with guys that were way more talented than these two, and it sucks that, that they end up getting this spot just because, you know, of Dan Hardy and, and why he's even so famous, but right. um, I don't know, I don't want to spend too much time on that one, it's kind of, I guess it's the entertainment value is there, I guess, so uh, people are people are interested in it, but it's kind of a shame. Um Alexia Olenek and Walt Harris, that'll be a fun one. Um, Olenek, man, the guy's got a thousand fights. Um, you know, so I think experience might uh, might just overwhelm Walt Harris in this one. 
Yeah, he's a crafty vet for sure. And I like Walt. You know, I like to watch Walt fight. But, um, you know, if Olenek is able to kind of dictate where this thing takes place, then, um, you know, I could see him getting the win here. Main event, um, like I said, I think it'll be, you know, it'll probably be a good fight, but I really just don't care so much. Uh, RDA, Rafael Dos Anjos, welterweight bout against Leon Edwards from across the pond in England. Um, and it looks like um, it's another one of those close ones. RDA's an Oso slight favorite, minus 130. So a lot of really closely lined fights here. Your thoughts on the main event? It's two guys that aren't, you know, talked about. They're not in the limelight too much, but um there are i think there's certainly title implications on the line here you know especially with leon edwards uh, having a little history with um with uh oh jorge masvidal um yeah but i i think he's in trouble i mean uh dos Anjos has kind of been on a resurgence uh and i think i think you're gonna kind of just manhandle leon edwards we'll see what happens though i think he kind of has to because you know we've kind of talked about this in the past like there's not many more places for RDA to go here, you know, like he, he can't, he, you know, he's taking a shot at the at the top and has come up short. So he really can't afford to lose this one. So I guess I will say both guys are are going to be motivated, to say the least. Uh, before we wrap this up, I'll let you go here after this, Justin. Uh, what, what's the fight that uh, you're looking forward to the most this uh, this weekend? Probably uh, James Vick and Dan Hooker. I think um, that fight's going to be fireworks. Yeah, yeah, I think that one will be uh, hard, hard to disappoint. And I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, man, that's a tough one for me. I guess uh, let's go with uh, Trinaldo and Hernandez. I think that'll be a good fight too. I think it's kind of under the radar, and I think it, it should be solid. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll, uh, we'll 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 recap these bad boys and see see what's up with it. And then, shit, I think there may be UFC again the week after that, man. So we'll we'll see you out of lands. Uh, I appreciate you joining me tonight, Justin, and uh, I'm gonna let you get out of here before we bring in our guest to recap uh, Valor 61. Thanks, my man. All right, take it easy, brother. We'll talk to you next week. All right, moving on to the main portion of our program tonight. It is the Valor 61 recap and reaction as we uh, touch base with our three picks panelists from last week. We're going to go over their uh, their their picks, where they were right, where they were wrong, recap all the action that was Valor 61 at the Cotton Eye Joe this past Friday night in Knoxville, Tennessee. Now I'm joined by our panelists. we got uh, Jeff Hobbs. We've got Mark Laws. We've got Greg Hopkins. Everyone was there front and center in various capacities. So everyone got to, uh, to take in the fights and uh, they, everybody will, will get their, uh, their, their reaction on how it all went down. We'll start it off with uh, our first bout. It was the first, uh, I'm going to say to my knowledge, the first uh, juniors, kids, pancreation, uh, limited MMA fight. Uh, and it was really good. It ended up getting the fight of the night. It was 140-pound catch weight. It was Zachariah Hammock from Shield Systems in Knoxville coming in with a lot of tie experience. He was 6-0 and coming in in tie. Uh, this, of course, his first time mixing things up with the rules. Uh, he took on Blake Randall from the American Killer Bees in Cleveland, Tennessee. And, man, this was a war. I mean, these guys, they do. it was pretty much a kickboxing match for the majority of all the rounds. Uh, these guys were really throwing hard. Both guys' faces were swelling up. And, uh, you know, uh, it was Blake Randall showing a little bit more. Um, uh, I guess we'll say, um, you know, he mixed it up a little more. He would go for the takedowns towards the ends of the rounds. They would be super close, but then he would kind of seal them with those takedowns. Uh, it ended up being a split decision, oddly enough. It was uh, 
Uh, it was actually a really weird uh, scorecard from what I recall. 30-27 from one judge for Hammock and then 29-28 from both the other judges for Blake Randall, who takes the split decision win, moves to 1-0 in his young Pancration career. And both these kids looked really good. I don't think anybody's stock dropped in this fight, but talk about a, a, a really great performance. Blake Randall really, really put in a great performance. Uh, I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to start it off with Hobbs. Uh, get your take on this one. Before I, before I go to Hobbs, I will say uh, the picks panel on this one, uh, Greg and Mark, uh, got this one right, uh, taking Blake, uh, Blake Randall, and it was Jeff Hobbs uh, taking Hammock there. Uh, Hobbs, your take on these uh, juniors starting the, the night off with a bang? Oh, man, uh, I think I've said it several times, you know, during the uh, during the bout itself, man, that uh, these kids, the adults in the back better be careful because uh, these kids are about to be 18 soon and, and be a force to reckon with. Uh, man, it was a great way to start a card. It was a great way to start a show. Um, you know, you, you, we grabbed the Joe's attention immediately with that fight. Uh, like I said, it, 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 it garnered the fight of the night awards. I wish that, uh, Zachariah Hammock had stuck around to, to see the fruits of his labor, um, and accept his award. But, uh, you know, I'm like, I wouldn't have been mad, um, you know, had it gone either way and split didn't, didn't bother me, uh, cause I felt it was close. Uh, I agree with the decision. Um, but thirty twenty seven, yeah, that was a little, you know, a split decision had it been like maybe twenty nine twenty eight, uh, you know, right. I can deal with that. But uh, 30, 30, 27 kind of made you tilt your head and go, what, what did I just hear? No. Um, so, um, but regardless, it, you know, I think it still went the right way, um, and only because uh, you know I think the word was aggression. I think, uh, you know, uh, I think you know uh, the, the rounds got stolen at the end. With, with aggression and we finally saw, you know, some, some takedown attempts. Uh, you know, I think that could just kind of sealed the deal. Uh, hammock, um, hammock just seemed to always be uh, backing up most of the night. Now he was doing good. Uh, but you know, the judges are looking at that, you know, that ring generalship and the aggression and, uh, it's, it's hard to uh, ignore. So, uh, great show. Uh, but this was a great way to start it. Our next bout was advanced tie rules, and uh, we got to see Cody Linder back in the cage. Always, uh, always fun to see Cody Linder fight. He picks up a pretty wide unanimous decision victory over a very game Derek Smith from the Lee Kickboxing Academy. Uh, Derek was there, you know, he was there the whole time and uh, in game, but Linder just. You know, he comes forward constantly. He hits really hard and uh, doesn't. He, he, I, I was surprised uh, as we went over this last week that he doesn't have any finishes. He's three and two with no finishes, and now he's four and two with no finishes. Because, but it, it's crazy because he hits really hard, uh, and he's always in good, exciting fights. I like to see Cody kind of uh, going for a title here soon. Uh, he gets that unanimous decision win. Uh, we'll go to uh, Greg Hopkins. Your thoughts on this one? Uh this was the fight where we had a few stoppages during the uh, duration of it. Low blows. Both guys, yeah. yeah, both guys took some <laughs> serious, serious, serious low blows. And uh, both guys, like, really to their advantage after after they took those shots, they came out like cavemen firing off on each other's heads, which, which made it a, a, a really fantastic fight. Uh, Lander, I think, took it for the majority of the whole fight, but – he was taking, uh, you know, eating shots just like biscuits the whole time. And, uh, you know, back to back, we had two great fights. And, uh, yeah, Linder, Linder showed out there. But um, I really enjoyed that one. That, both fights just started. And that's hard, hard act to follow after that first one. But they followed up in the second. 
all three panelists were correct on that when all three went with Cody Linder. So uh, all, all were uh, getting the point there. Moving on to our first MMA bout of the night, 170 pounds, Anthony Rogers, 0-1, independent out of uh, Benton, Tennessee, uh, taking on Gabe Gibson, who is making his uh, debut out of his father, Danny Gibson's School of Karate in Dandridge, Tennessee. And this one was a battle of attrition, I'll say. Uh, this one <laughs> Uh, both both guys had their moments. I felt like Gibson was doing pretty decent early, uh, but then he just completely gassed. I mean, it, they both guys were were beyond tired. Um, the, the wheels kind of just fell off of Gibson there towards the end, and Rogers probably looked like he was hoping his would as well, but he he somehow willed himself to to keep tapping on Gibson's head until he finally gave up a rear naked choke. And he tapped at 2.59. One second to go in the round. Gabe Gibson taps the rear naked choke. Anthony Rogers uh, evens his record up to 1-1. One and one. Uh, So congrats to him. You know, he stepped up for us on short notice and fought Tank a couple months back. And that didn't go well for him. So good good on him. Uh, getting You know, staying with it and getting back out there, getting a win. Hopefully Gabe Gibson gets that cardio up and uh, makes, makes another go of it out there. Uh, we'd like to see him back in there as well. It's always good to see a couple – Young Bucks out there getting some cage time. Uh, Mark, you're well. Actually, before we go to this, I'll say uh, Greg was the only one to uh, correctly predict predict this one with Anthony Rogers. Uh, both Mark and Hobbs went with Gabe Gibson, so Greg remains undefeated through three. And uh, Mark, let's go to you for comments on uh, this one. Man, war of attrition. That's one way to put it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Another way to put it is. Man, that was some of the the hokiest stuff I've seen in a minute, man. I mean, <laughs> it's like I'm not sure either one of the tellers has ever thrown a punch at another human being before, much less been hit by one. But uh, you know, there's really the only one way to learn, and that's by getting that cage time. So, congrats to Anthony Rogers, man. It's a uh, holy cow, dude. I'd like to fight both them dudes. <laughs> You know, it, it is it is uh it's it's shocking how many people have requested uh, that fight. More than one, we'll say. <clears throat> Moving on, uh, we had uh, <clears throat> light heavyweight action. Uh, it was Harrison Aiken looking for his first win. He was zero and two, coming to us from Ascension MMA in Atlanta, Georgia. There under the Sunsau brothers, uh, Aiken. Uh, you know, he's a he's a bruising guy. He's he's a kind of a short tank. Thick, uh, you know, just strong wrestler, um, and, and he was coming in taking on. Uh, it, it was a Travis Gregoire, Blackie Chan, out of Kame House MMA uh, down in Alabama, and uh, it'd been a while since we'd seen Travis. You know, he was coming in off a pretty good layoff. He'd taken some losses, but uh, he was two and three with one no contest coming into this fight, and we went all the rounds. It was uh, it was a decision, and uh, it went to Harrison Aiken, and uh, Aiken just showed a uh, you know more aggression early. He was able to get his tape down, so he was starting to fade again uh, in that third round, and I, I wasn't sure if uh, Gregoire might be able to pull off the comeback, but uh, you know it was a little too a little too little too late, and uh, Aiken seals the deal, gets that uh, gets his first win. Congrats to Harrison Aiken. I uh, really like both these guys. Uh, they're, they're both very, they're like dealing with professionals, even though they're amateurs. Good dudes. And uh, congrats to Harrison on getting that that first win. And I know he's looking forward to dropping down to 185 for his next one and getting back in there. I think him and James Arden would be a pretty good fight. Uh, all three of our panelists got this correct with uh, Harrison Aiken. So everybody gets the point. We'll go to Jeff Hobbs. 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, two two great guys to work with, uh, pleasant to be around. So, you know, you kind of screwed because you're happy for one, and then uh, you know, uh, hurting for the other uh, that didn't walk away. But, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, it. I, uh, man, I'm trying to you know not be. I, the skill level probably is you. You can tell that they're still young in in their yeah. MMA career. You know, a, a lot of what goes on uh, in the cage when when Harrison is in there, I think, is um, uh, achieved by just, you know, brute strength and will sometimes, not necessarily. You just, you know, like I said, just not a lot of skill set yet, but you can tell that they've got that something that if, you know, they just stay at it and keep sharpening their tools, man, uh, they could be something special. And I think that's what we've got here. Is and I don't think Harrison would disagree with us that he's still just in that raw stage. Um, you know, you yeah, look at him when he comes like, in. He's like he's like one dimensional right now, and he hasn't really picked up on the on the on the whole on the whole aspect of the game yet. He's still sticking with that that heart and wrestling and brawling right now, and he's learning. You know, I, I see what you're saying. I right. think that's what you're getting. At. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you know you can see that it's there. Is you're just still just kind of raw, man. And and when you see him, you think, well, he's really put together. Uh, and you kind of get tricked into thinking that he may be further along in his career than he is. But then when he gets in there, you see, it's like, okay, he's still kind of in that infancy stage where he's, where he's learning, uh, you know, like, like Greg said, try not to be so one, you know, one dimensional. Um, but regardless, you know, man, that dude is a pleasure to be around and to, uh, to work with and, and have, you know, fight for your promotion. So I hope he sticks with it. I hope he keeps going to the gym and getting better. Uh, you know, they, the thing is, is, when you're amateur, you're learning anyway the entire time. So, um, you know, just Harrison, stay with it. Keep going, man. I'm glad to see you get your first win. And uh, and I know you'll, uh, you know, you'll come back the next time and show us that you've gotten even better from this fight. Fight number five, lightweights. And this one was, this one was a good one. Uh, it was Dan, uh, Dan Bailey, as we have been uh, corrected. I was calling him Bowl uh, for the past – forever so i apologize for that but it is it is bailey and um anyway he was kmaa coming in one and oh taking on the debuting brandon mcgee who is a hossy 155 put together from gamma and uh, this is a war man the first round was very close back and forth if i can recall two judges gave it to bailey one judge gave it to mcgee i personally had the first round for mcgee but it was super close Second round, man, uh, Bailey comes out and uh, takes his back and gets a rear naked choke submission win. Moves to 2-0 and oh and uh, gets the night uh, started off uh, right for KMAA. Um, and, uh, you know, the first of several fighters for them and Gamma. Uh, good win for uh, Dan Bailey, and he's uh, starting to start to get some steam behind him. But uh, also very impressed with Brandon McGee. Like I said, this kid's very put together. He is He's explosive. He's strong. And he, at 0-1, he's going to sneak up on some people. Uh, our panelists, uh, the, uh, both Greg and Jeff Hobbs, got this one right on Dan Bailey. Mark went with McGee and missed on that one. And let's go to um, let's go to Greg for this one. Uh, this one right here, yeah. Shout out to Dan, man. I apologize. I actually was on the uh, on the broadcast of Flow Flow Combat, and I also pronounced his name wrong. Bailey, I was pronouncing balls as well, and I apologize. But uh, uh, yeah, man, this one right here, as uh, as Brandon was walking to the ring, I kind of thought that maybe uh, I had went the wrong way here because he really looked the part. But how old is this kid? 18, 19 years old? Uh, Bailey, I think, or McGee. No, 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 no. 
Yes, McGee. Uh, Mark, you made Mark. You've trained with this guy. So, how old is Brandon McGee? He's the officer. Um, I was going to say he's he's no older than twenty one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, when he was walking out, I was like, you know something? Uh, this this kid's a, a day fighter and uh, had a crowd with him. I don't know if he was tailing off of a uh, new, but uh, he had a uh, he had a lot of lot lot back there. Just I think just as much as uh, as uh, as Bailey had, you know, with KMA over there because uh, when they came out. You know, before they even came out, I thought, you know, this is going to be one of the my pick for fight of the night, honestly. And uh, when they come out, everybody was into it. The fans, uh, everybody knew them. And uh, it, was, it was an awesome debut for both fighters. And uh, uh, I'm looking for good things to come out of both of these guys here soon, like both of them. They, that, uh, they were really polished up for their first fight. And, uh, you know, hats off to Dan for getting there naked there. It was a phenomenal victory, especially for a first fight for both guys. That was a uh, that was a real great spot there. Moving on, uh, it was featherweight action. Escorpion Joel Winters making his MMA debut out of Team Escorpion in Snellville, Georgia, taking on the Sea Goat Anthony Cocker in KMAA. And uh, this one was like a big old scramble. Like the whole time, it was just like really frantic. It seemed like you know, like uh, there was a lot. There was uh, big slams. Uh, there was uh, leg lock attempts. You know, it was. It ended up. Uh, it ended up being Joel Winters that came out in the be- in the the better end of one of those scrambles, though. Uh, rains down ground and pound uh, and gets Anthony Cochran out of there in the first round to win his MMA debut. Moved to one and zero. His kids put together. He's a youngster, 18, 19 years old. I, I like him. He could be a prospect to to look at for sure. Uh, Anthony Cochran, uh, the tough luck on this one moves. Uh, he drops to two and three now, upside down. And uh, you know, I'm sure we will see uh, you know uh, better days from our favorite pirate, uh, the Seagoat Anthony Cochran. Here, it was only Greg taking Joel Winters here, um, and uh, it was uh, Mark and Hobbs going with Anthony. Uh, Cocker and Greg stays undefeated on the night so far through seven. And uh, let's go to Mark, uh, Mark Laws to uh, discuss the, this one. Yeah, I mean, I spent some, a lot of time with Joel Winters, and I think a great fight would be him versus Frank T. Oh, yeah, that'd be action for sure. That's action pack, so that's, that's live right. action. Uh, no, at weigh-ins, I saw something real particular, and it was he walked up there to stand across from Anthony. And he was real unimpressed. He was like, oh, this, this guy's dressing up as a fucking pirate and shit. Like, this is time that you should be focusing on training, you know. There's, there's no time for that bullshit. And he went out there and it for a much more seasoned opponent in Anthony Cocker. And God didn't, God just beat him right out. So, the rest of y'all winners are awesome. Of course, that brings us to the big boys. Dale Dodds, big time Dale Dodds, moves to three and one with a very quick, uh, first round knockout over the debuting John Napier. Uh, Dale Dobbs gets it done in 19 seconds. Pretty much just ran across the cage and started hitting his ass. And, uh, you know, that's... Uh, Nobody get paid by the minute. <laughs> yeah, he did get paid by the minute. Dale Dobbs, he's got, he's got a rowdy fan base. He's a, he's a, he, he's a rowdy guy in that cage, man. Uh, moves to three and one. Uh, I've already told him, hey, you've got a shot at that heavyweight strap come September. We just got to figure out who the the proper opposition should be. So look for Dale Dodds uh, September the sixth to be going for that heavyweight strap. Uh, well deserved because he's just been beating the shit out of everybody who comes across right now. Uh, all three panelists got that one predictably correct, uh, taking Dale Dodds, and uh, we'll go to uh, Mr. Jeff Hobbs. Uh, the nineteen seconds. Um, yeah, 
fucking 19 seconds, man. <laughs> uh, not much to say. You know, again, hats off to uh, Dale Dodd's uh, crowd. They showed up at the Smokies. They showed up at the Joe. Um, and I don't even know if I would use the word rowdy because the thing is, Tank's crew's rowdy. His, his Dodge crew is supportive. They're just loud and supportive. Right. Uh, very well, very well behaved group of supporters. I will say, um, uh, what I, what I enjoy about them is they don't wait till it's just Dale's turn, uh, to fight, to, uh, express their fandom. They will start their big time chants throughout the whole event. Oh yeah. You know, they don't care. If there's a law in action in anybody's fight, they'll start big time cheers. Um, so, uh, I, I hope Mr. Dodd realizes, though, in, in amateur mixed martial arts uh, and to uh, matchmakers and promotions, uh, I hope he understands and realizes that he can thank uh, his fans for a lot of where he's at right now because uh, that is helping him uh, be attractive and marketable to uh, promoters and, and matchmakers. Yeah, 100%, man. That uh, it certainly adds to the atmosphere and adds to your uh, your your marketability, allure, and bargaining power. Uh, moving on, uh, another another one of these rising stars we've been seeing coming up over the past few months, Stephen Tank Wilson Jr. moves to 3-0, undefeated, uh, with uh, an even faster finish than what we just saw from Dodds. 14-second knockout over Dakota, uh, Dakota Lights Out Luna. Uh, man, uh, good story here behind Dakota Luna, of course, um, losing over 300 pounds uh, in his fitness journey to get down and fight at 205 pounds here. But, uh, man, Tank wasn't, uh, you know, we we had a little bit of heat of the way in, you know, like there was a little scuffle between these guys. There was some little talky talk leading up to it at the last minute, and Tank didn't waste any time. Uh, huge slam. I mean, just a just – a, uh, an unnerving, powerful slam. He does that to everyone. He does. He did that to James Arden, and Arden's pretty hossy, you know. I mean, um, he, that's just what he does. But you know, essentially knocked him out with a slam. And uh, Chris Bond was on the opposite. The referee, Chris Bond, was on the opposite side. Didn't realize that that slam had knocked him out. So he got one more real good shot in right before uh, Bond pulled him off of him. And uh, man, whoo! Uh, uh, it was scary there for a moment. Luna was was out. Uh, they brought him to. Uh, you know, he's bleeding from his ear. You know, it was just a kind of an unnerving moment uh, for for a bit. But uh, luckily, he's OK. Uh, I've uh, spoken with him. He's back at the gym the next day and uh, pre- preparing to take another fight at some point. Uh, but, the you know, Tank was the talk of the, you know, he was whew, this guy is, uh, you know, what's what's someone going to do to, uh, you know, put up some resistance to this guy. And uh, I think we're going to see uh, his first kind of. Uh, test, if you will, coming up. As we uh, mentioned earlier, Dale Dodds be going for that strap. Uh, Tank is going to be going for that 185 strap uh, coming up September 6th as well. And we haven't announced that fight or his opponent, but it is going to be another guy that's undefeated. Uh, he's fighting a guy that's 2-0. and He's 3-0. and So we're going to get to see Tank, uh, you know, kind of uh, step up the opposition for that Valor strap here in September. All three panelists predictably uh, got this one correct going with Tank. Uh, let's go to Greg. How are you going to sit there and sit there and build up a fight but not give it to his opponent? Like, I want to see who thinks fighting for the strap. But we'll get back to that. But, uh, yeah, Dakota lost that one. I actually got to speak to him before the fight, and uh, I just wanted to ask him what the deal is with the weigh-ins and everything. And when he, you know, he kind of, he kind of reached out and punched, you know, punched, but, you know, kind of, you know, touched, 
touch tank in the throat and tank not, didn't take it lightly. So, uh, we talked, uh, we talked to Dakota before the fight and he said that, you know, he goes, the, the reason I did that is because I just want him to know that I'm not scared and, you know, I don't like his cocky attitude and this, that, and other thing. And I think that, uh, once, once the fight was over and, uh, and Dakota got up, you know, we had a good, you know, show of sportsmanship between the two. And, uh, I think that Dakota said, you know, I don't think that's cockiness. I think it's confidence now. So, but back to Tank and Tank actually explained the story behind uh, Dakota before, you know, after the fight and everything. And we got a really good reaction from the crowd, and it was emotional. A lot of people were moved. And uh, yeah, I was actually going to ask if we've heard back from Dakota since that fight. Like, how is he doing? I know he, he said he was bleeding from his ears. That slam was really scary. Like, I'm not, I'm not like when he hit. It wasn't like, oh, that was awesome. It was like, holy shit, is he okay? Right. Yeah, and then and not only that, Hank, you know, Hank does what he's supposed to do, jumps on him, and and just uh, incredible Hulk smashes him. While uh, while I thought he was already out, you know, but uh, yeah, have we heard from him yet? Is he good? Yeah, Everything he's good. Up? He was back in the gym. He was back in the gym uh, the very next day. Spirits are high. He, he's not done fighting. A good deal, man. Yeah, that was brutal, man. Shouts out to Tank. Do what? He was so damn confident, dude. Like he. He really thought he was going to go in there and lay the hands on Tank's chin. And I thought it was pretty delusional at the time, but I was like, man, you know, maybe, maybe he got that hurt. Like, who knows? Nope. <laughs> well, I mean, look at what he's already accomplished in life. Like, who wouldn't have yeah. confidence doing anything, you know, anything after what you've already, you've already lost 300 pounds? That's two of me. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's incredible. And, uh, you know, I'd have all the confidence in the world after something like that, you know? So, but, uh, probably one and a half great options for that. Do what? It's only one and a half Greg Hopkins, two yeah. regular people. Moving on, on the, the uh, <laughs> amateur, amateur main event of the evening, full rules Muay Thai, Rambo Joe Long uh, comes in and uh, 10 and 2 and uh, beats uh, Zach Fox, uh, who was 6 and 4. Uh, you know, this was a very highly anticipated fight, two very skilled guys. Uh, Joe Long, you're, you're reigning uh, 155 MMA champion, about to challenge uh, for the vacant 145 uh, title against Silas Reynolds here in just a few weeks. So he's staying super busy against tough guys. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, I was, it was a unanimous decision. It was, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, speculation on which way it was going to go as it went to the cards, but it was still very competitive. You know, Zach Fox still showed well. Uh, just uh, Joe Long is uh, very experienced, very talented, and uh, you know, and wanted to make a statement coming off of a, a Muay Thai loss just a month before. So, uh, a good showing from both guys. I'm sure uh, we will see Zach Fox back soon, and uh, Joe Long we're going to see real soon here in just a couple weeks. All three panelists got this one correct, going with Joseph Long. It will go to uh, Mark. Yeah, Rainbow Joe just he, he looked really good. Um, the early rounds I thought were a little bit closer, but it just seemed like Rambo was getting the the cleaner of the shots and the and putting out more volume of punches and kicks and that seemed like he was wanting to counter it and and every time he would just wait on that counter, it would just it would fall apart mid 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 combination. So congratulations Justin. That's it. That's a hell of a win and he needed that to uh keep turning back up. That brings us to the professional portion of the card. Uh, we had a catchweight fight. It was the professional debut of Majin 
uh, Durham out of the Chattanooga area. He was taking on uh, the veteran Keith K.O. Olson coming in at two and one. Um, it was fairly competitive on the feed. Uh, Durham uh, pressed the action early, uh, you know, landed some strikes, was doing pretty good. Uh, but once Olson was able to get him to the ground, he was able to establish that superiority. Superiority uh, got a an arm triangle, I can recall, in the first round and moves to three and one. Uh, good showing there from Durham in his debut. And uh, Olson, uh, you know, and now moves on to three and one. Be looking for a little bit stiffer challenge uh, next time. All three uh, panelists got this one correct. Going with Keith Olson. Let's go to Hobbs. Uh, yeah, you know, definitely uh, Keith needed this one. Uh, you know, to extend his his win record there, uh, make himself a little more, you know, att- attractive uh, for for bigger fights. Um, uh, in a, very, a very crowded one fifty five division. All of a sudden, absolutely, absolutely. It, it, you know, he couldn't afford the loss and stay relevant. So, uh, but as expected, you know, uh, the game plan, I'm sure everybody knew uh, in the building uh, and Majin knew too, uh, you know, the game plan was going to be to get, get them to the ground and, and submit them. And, uh, you know, hats off to Majin for keeping it standing as long as they could. But, uh, you know, uh, I hate to say I told you so, but we all told you so. Uh, if Keith got it to the ground, it was going to be over. And uh, that's what happened. Next pro fight on the card, we had uh, we had bantamweights. It was uh, Chase Winder coming in at. Uh, well, I'm sorry, what's supposed to be bantamweights? We ended up doing uh, catch weight here, 150 pounds. Um, Chase Winder, one and zero, coming in KMAA fighter, taking on Antoine Attempted Murder Mosley, uh, who is coming in zero and three, but uh, has been in with very tough competition. He's he's better than his record would uh, suggest. Uh, there was a lot of uh, fouls, I guess, in this one, like some twelve to six elbows. At one point, we had two points deducted by referee Jimmy Neely from uh, from Mosley. They didn't like that. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a little speculation if that should have been one point or two points. Apparently there were two fouls in the time frame before he could get there to make the call as he was explaining to me that he, he, he committed the infraction two times, like before Jimmy could get there to stop the action. So he took two points. Um, so it ended up uh, being a pretty, uh, uh, foregone conclusion there that, uh, Chase Winder got that unanimous decision, moves to two and zero. Uh, and Mosley drops to a, a tough 0 and 4. Again, a very deceptive record there from Mosley, but uh, just not able to keep the fight on the on the uh, standing like he wanted it to. Winder was able to put him on his back and just kind of uh, you know control position and move to 2 and 0. Uh, only Jeff Hobbs got this one correct with uh, Chase Winder. Both Greg and Mark went with Mosley. Uh, disrupts Greg's uh, perfect night finally in fight number 11. And uh, let's go to let's go to Greg for this one. Uh, you know, I said last week when this fight was going to go down that uh, Mosley was deceptive 0 and 3, and uh, he showed how tough he was in the first round. But he also showed how, uh, you know, how how a lot of gas tank carries. Uh, but with the two illegal blows, you know, the first one I thought it should have been stopped like immediately, but he it happened so quick that Jimmy jumped in, and then you know, and just got the full time to uh, to re- recu- recuperate, which you know, Chase. You know, hats off to Chase for continuing to fight after that because he could have took the W right there. You know, nobody wants to do that. But um, the way the fight was going, you would think that uh, somebody you know might want to take the easy way out. But uh, when he took two points, I just thought it was wild that he took. You know, one point would have been understandable. Two points, 
okay, I, I, I'm, I would argue, I would argue it. But the third thing is that he also they also started neutral after that. Uh, he gave away his position too. So I was like, that that was the uh, three things right there, really that really messed up uh, uh, what could have been the end of the thought there, which uh, I don't know. But uh, uh, Chase. Uh, first time we've ever seen him with a shaved head coming out there looking like Bobby Lawler, man. And yeah, uh, yeah I thought that was crazy. And uh, got the Chase Winder. I did say last week that I like Chase, and I hope he did win this fight. And I'm glad he did. I hate that he, you know, lost it for me. But uh, shouts out to Chase Winder for an uh, unbelievable victory and uh, the heart and just the, the grit and the push and the hump, the want to. And Chase, and Chase was uh, was on another level of something, and it, uh, it made the show even better for the fans after everything that's happened already. So uh, it's all, it's always nice to see a guy come from that far behind, you know, just to jump up and, and take the take the show away. You know, that was pretty awesome on Chase. Uh, just before we move on to the next one, just quick thoughts from both of you guys, uh, Mark and Jeff, on that point deduction, if you thought that was the right move or uh, too too much. Uh, Mark? I thought, it was, I thought it was too much. I mean, even if it was two separate fouls, if you're going to give away his position because he was in a dominant position, you know, take the one point, you know, and two point deduction in the in a round like that is, is damage, you know. And if you're not able to get the guy out of there, you're going to lose on the cards. And I just thought, um, I thought you should have pushed the pace a little bit more towards that. But yeah, I, I, I thought he was a little egregious. Yeah. Um, you know, hell, who am I to say whether it was or wasn't? I mean, I'm not the guy in there. I. I mean, I think it was a little bit. I think it was a little bit of overkill. Um, you know, uh, I, one. I, yeah, I think it was. I think it was too much. I mean, but I mean, oh, he was able to justify and, and had his reasons to. But you know, my thing was is if you gave him if you gave him two points because he was able to get off two shots. You know, well, were you out of position? You know, was he able to get off two shots because? you were too far away from the action and, and couldn't get in and, and stop it. So I, you know, um, I, I, I probably would have just gone with one and, and, and felt good about it. But, uh, um, I mean, they were blatant, so it's not like they were iffy fouls, but you know, you're punishing the guy because you weren't able to get in and stop the action after the first one. So, uh, you know, yeah, that, I guess that's all I got to say. Moving on to the feature bout of the evening. Showtime, Stephen New makes his uh, long-awaited return to MMA action after being gone a couple years uh, and gets back on the winning track with a first-round TKO over a very tough Tyler Smith coming all the way from Memphis. And Tyler Smith's put together, man. He's, you know, that guy's jacked and, uh, you know, scary-looking dude. But uh, Stephen New, uh, you know, is able to uh, able to get him down and uh, ground and pound him, get the TKO stoppage. Uh, they're late in the first round. All three panelists are able uh, to get that one correct. Going with Stephen New, who improves his record to uh, man, I guess he's seven and three now. I think so. Uh, nice, nice, uh, nice win for Stephen New. And I, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, good fights for him now that he's back on the scene. And he's a guy that can make 45 or 55. And uh, so definitely good to have him back. Enjoyed having Tyler Smith. Very easy, good to work with, professional, and uh, comes, uh, you know, comes looking good. Uh, Mark? Yeah, it's a great stand-up war in the, uh, at the beginning of it. Um, I was real nervous for even to sit there and trade with a guy that it looks that powerful and that, that put together, and he has pretty much the exact same build as me. That's crazy, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, congrats to Stephen New, man. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, we've been working on boxing 
inside the gym and his hands are, are, are coming together as good as his jiu-jitsu is. I really thought that he would have shot him for the takedown and strangled Tyler Smith, but uh, instead, man, Grim Pound, he actually trusted his hand. He did exactly what I wanted um, his teammate to do earlier in the night by bringing D, you know, put the tape behind the hands and then and work the rest of it, but I guess he just didn't have the jiu-jitsu prowess to hold off the onslaught, but yeah, Stephen New did, man. Co-main event of the evening, it was uh, Phoenix, Liv Parker, uh, moving on to 3-0 and now, undefeated for life. She's undefeated as an amateur, undefeated now as a professional. Uh, this ended up being a catchweight fight at 150 pounds. Her opponent, Jamie Driver, uh, it drops to one and four all the way from New Jersey. Really, uh, you know, came game, brought it, and she was sick. Uh, a lot of people didn't know that. She she had an, an illness that, that developed on her plane uh, right here and uh, was really dehydrated, couldn't keep anything down the night before. It was uh, the fight itself was in question for a moment. You know, she really was, was not feeling well, but uh, finally kind of came around the next day, started feeling better. And, uh, you know, by fight time, she was ready to rock and roll. Uh, really good first round for both ladies. Second round, Olivia's power just kind of started to, to show. You know, she is deceptively strong. That's what everybody says. Like, you know, Olivia Park is super strong. <laughs> you know, she puts you around. And uh, she ended up getting that uh, second round uh, TKO uh, finish over uh, Jamie Driver and, and moved to 3-0. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see Liv make that jump, hopefully, on up to the next level here soon. All three panelists got that one correct with Liv Parker. Let's go to Jeff. Yeah, man. Um, you know, once again, uh, Liv Parker showed us all that she, her her game keeps growing. It keeps elevating. Uh, skill level keeps growing. Um, you know, driver, like you said, uh, good showing, good game. Uh, you know, uh, kind of deceptive when you look at it. You think she might be a little rough around the edges and a little, little hardcore, but uh, super sweet girl, super nice, uh, and nice to everybody that she came in contact with. So it was definitely a pleasure to have her there, and I was glad to hear that um, – that she is still on board for one more Valor fight. Um, and I think there's a lot still, you know, there's some good opponents out there for her in, in our area. Um, you know, as far as Liv, you know, I, I guess you could definitely say at 3-0 and she could make the jump. Um, I personally, and I understand the business side of it, she's not going to turn down an opportunity. But if, if that opportunity doesn't come, I would like to see her take you know, quote unquote, the toughest fight of her career for Valor um, to, you know, possibly solidify that she is ready for the next level, uh, you know, and hell, she said it in the cage afterwards in her post-fight interview. She said, find me the baddest girl at 145 you can. So uh, I think that was a challenge to you, Tim Loy. Um, she is challenging you to find the toughest 145 you can for her because that's what she wants. Um, so it sounds like she wants to see herself. Uh, you know, wh- where she's at, where she stacks up against the uh, uh the upper echelon of uh unsigned uh 145 or so. Um, maybe maybe it's a little bit just being uh selfish and I want to see it uh up close and personal in a valor cage, but um, I hope it happens soon. Yeah, absolutely. Like a bring hard or somebody to be good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would I would love to I would love to see, uh, you know, if we could ever get, uh, you know, Amy Coleman ready to rock and roll again. I think that's a main event that a lot of people would love to see. I think uh, there's still a couple good regional fights for her before taking that next jump. Uh, you know, so I still think there's some good some good action for her and uh, really, really excited to see how far she can take this thing. Because, uh, 
you know, she's a, she's a great story as well. Uh, moving on to the main event, it was uh, the 155 debut of David Ruthless Robbins. Moves to 5-0 and with a, a second-round submission over Adam Ditton with a heel hook. And, uh, you know, this is the first time David made 155 look good. Seemed like he felt good. Uh, Denton uh, fought well, man. Yeah, first guy to take David into the second round, so that's uh, that's saying something. Uh, was able to get some takedowns there uh, against David, but uh, so it's the first time we've seen uh, you know David on his back for an extended amount of time. But uh, you know, kept fishing for uh, submissions. He kind of constantly kept uh, Denton on the on the defense there, you know, and uh, finally caught that uh, that heel hook in the second round. Moves to five and zero. Oh, Denton drops to two and four. Uh, that's another guy. His record's very deceptive, man. Like you know, he's he's good. He's tough, and he's going to sneak up on uh, some people at two and four. I hope he he stays with it. it also a a great guy to work with, another uh, very consummate professional, uh, you know, when it comes to working with him. So pleasure working with both these guys. Congrats to David moving to 5-0 and oh, and uh, some some big things on the horizon, I think, for David, uh, you know, in, in the coming months. And, and uh, we'll see we'll see what kind of works out for him in, in, the, in the 155 title picture now. All three uh, panelists got this one right. Uh, going for Robbins. Uh, let's finish things off with uh, with Greg. Yeah, uh, shout out to Adam Denton, man. That that was a super nice guy. He was awesome, and uh, he was, you know, he could tell how he was really, really upset with himself after that fight, you know. And uh, but both of those guys, phenomenal fight. But uh, switching to David, you know, congrats to him for winning. But uh, the guy was going through a whole lot in his own personal life, you know, before that fight started. And uh, you know, he had lost uh, one of his really good friends. Uh, but like, so he was, you know, dealing with that, dealing with the weight cut, you know. And I mean. The further you get in your professional career, especially when you're undefeated, it, it, it's there's a lot of pressure added on to you every time you go out there to the cage. You know, I mean, it, there's a lot of pressure. So, uh, what's up? I thought I thought Mark was trying to say something right there, but uh, uh yeah, man, but uh, phenomenal fight, dude. Uh, you know, Adam got some uh, real quick, slick takedowns on David, but David was able to, you know, pull the guard and uh, you know, fish out of everything, but. Uh, both guys on the ground were really good, actually. But Adam Denton actually really surprised me on his stand-up game because uh, he caught David a few times off guard. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, the, the cut for David at 55 was really good. And I think he's finally found himself a weight class. So, uh, yeah, look for good good things to come from David Robbins here in the near future. And that will wrap up uh, the, the fight card for Valor 61. It was a good one. Real quick, I'll get biggest winner and loser from each of you guys. We'll wrap this bad boy up. For me, I'll start. Uh, I'm going to say biggest winner on the night. Man, there's there was a lot of big winners, so it's a hard one to, to narrow down, to tell you the truth. But I'm going to go with David Robbins. You know, he, he made that – you know, he showed that he could make the 155-pound weight. He made it flat. He didn't need the, the allowance as well. Uh, he wanted to make sure that that was the case. Uh, although a uh, good honorable mention to uh, both of uh, the, the next two fighters on the card and Olivia Parker and Stephen New, you know, Parker moves to three and zero, really started to jump on some radar. Stephen New comes back from a couple years off and, uh, you know, gets a big win to kind of jumpstart him, him back on track. Uh, biggest loser, not a ton of bad losers on this one. And I hate to peg it on an amateur, but just looking at it, it's, it, it kind of jumps out at me. I'm going to go with Anthony Cochran. Uh, you know, uh, he, he, he goes upside down here against the debut, a uh, tough debut at that. But, uh, you know, Cochran, I think this is two in a row. Maybe he's dropped. So he's going to really need to buckle down. And I'm sure he will. Uh, the fine folks at KMA get him ready for uh, his next run. Uh, let's go to 
you, uh, Mark, biggest winner or loser? Yeah, you nailed it, nailed it on the head with David. I mean, for him to go to five that's what they always say is you've got to be able to beat these guys on your worst day. You know, anybody can go there and, and bite their best and then win. When you go out there and your head's full of nonsense and you're emotional and you're, you're, you got a million things going on. He still found a way to get it done. He, he has all the tools. He's definitely the winner. Yeah, I'm not going to hang my, my loser on a answer either, but mm, man, I'd probably say, geez, I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, man, I don't know. I'm going to have to go with Zach Fox because he really wanted that fight. And I know that he was wanting to dig deep on it, but I mean, he's not really losing anything. He's he's going to be around for a long time. He's a young kid. He's a talented kid. And the sky's the limit for him. But I, I just wanted, I wanted to see him do better by himself, I guess. Uh, Hobbs? Um, I think David's the easiest answer, um, but I'm going to go with, and, and it's deserving, don't get me wrong, uh, but I'm going to go with the two kids that started out the show, man. I think they uh, uh, they showed a lot, showed a lot of, you know, um, showed a lot of good training, uh, so they represented their gyms very well um, in, in showing what, you know, these guys like David and, and, and Ben are doing with their young kids. You know, it's easy to get caught up in, uh, you know, the Holtzmans that are in the gyms and, and David getting caught up with his own career and things like that. But but uh, they're not. They're, they're developing young talent um, uh, while they're in there. And so I, my biggest winners are the, uh, the two kids that started out the show. Um, and with an honorable mention for Aiken for getting his first win. Yeah, uh, and, nice. and, and being so humble in it. I'm going to agree with you though, on the biggest loser, uh, I think is, uh, uh, the sea goat man, Cochran. Um, you know, he, he brings a lot of, uh, theater obviously, uh, to his, uh, to his game, his, his stick. Um, it's fun, <laughs> but, um, you know, at some point, uh, especially now, finally, you know, going upside down, um, you know, I, I hope he doesn't lose uh, the attention that he's that he's gotten because of the shtick, uh, because of his losing record. But I don't, you know, I don't know. Like you said, I'm sure Eric and and the other guys in the gym, uh, you know, are going to get him to rebound. But you know, maybe I'd like to see him uh, lay off of the theatrics, as fun as it is for me to announce. Um, and really focus on what what I think is there and how good I think he can be, um, but but going upside down in a rec, in a you know in your record when things were looking promising at one time, um, you know I, I think puts him in my biggest l- loser, and I hate that. Well, can we call it something else besides biggest loser? Because yeah, biggest loser. Loser. sounds horrible. You're the biggest loser. Toughest, uh, toughest, toughest think- luck of the night. Yeah, tough luck. There we go. That's the new one. Tough luck of the night. Tough luck to you, Anthony Cochran. Because the biggest loser would actually be uh, a Luna. Literally, yeah, he would win that show. He would win that show. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, Greg Hopkins, finish us off. Uh, I'm going to start with my biggest loser of the night, and um, it's going to go to Mosley, man, because uh, he was a dominant position, uh, hammering, hammering Winder, and then uh, and then got hit with two points and lost the position, and. Uh, you know, basically lost the fight from that point on. Uh, but I'll say with that that, you know, 
Jimmy Neely's, you got to stop that kind of stuff right there because, and, and I don't, I don't, I can't hate him for taking two points because, I mean, you got to think about how serious, how much of a threat that is, 12 to 6 elbows. That could really, that could hurt somebody, I mean, bad. It really can mess them up for life. So he took two points as a serious matter. He took serious, uh, serious measures. So, but that's my biggest loser was mostly for the night. And, uh, biggest winner is, is David Robbins. That's off David Robbins. Uh, well, uh, Hell, I can't wait to see what comes from him, but I do have an honorable mention for the night because when she was coming out, uh, Vince was talking about Parker's old, not Parker, I'm sorry, uh, Driver's old nickname, Cookie Monster, and I made sure to uh, correct him and tell him that it was uh, now OJ, and he just said OJ. You know, they were, him and Justin were both like, what do you mean OJ? And I was like, well, she's actually, uh, she's uh, OJ Simpson, the, the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> She's a, and, and Vince's mouth just dropped and was just like, did you really just say that right now? Like, is that, like, you can't be serious. He thought I was joking around, and Justin was just still like, no, no, you're, you're joking. And I was like, no, it's not. Seriously, that's what <laughs> she goes by, uh, Daniel J. Driver now, man. And so the fight goes on. So these, this is where the honorable mention comes out. And if you want to know how many cool points she got for the night, she got all of them. She got all of them <laughs> that Driver did because, because her attire had white Broncos. It was a purple, purple top and purple bottom. Said OJ on that the back, was, and it had white Broncos all over. That was hands down the coolest awesome. attire I've ever seen in my life. That was cool. It was the so, I've ever seen. <laughs> that was pretty dope. We're good to see Miss Driver back. It looks like in September. I haven't got that one quite sealed, uh, but it's real close. Uh, hopefully, uh, we get to see Miss Driver back September the sixth. At the Cotton Eye Joe, recapping our results. Big week for uh, Greg Hopkins, 13 and 1, uh, only missing on Mosley. Uh, it was Jeff Hobbs at 10 and 3, and Mark Laws at 9 and 4. Uh, we will have just uh, not long before the next one, though, here in a couple weeks. We'll check back with, uh, with all you gentlemen as we get ready for the Valor 62 card. I'm going to give a quick rundown of that just uh, in case uh, people haven't been seeing our bout announcements. On Facebook, looks like uh, this one is going to be three pro fights deep, headlined by a 135-pound professional five-round title fight, and it's a grudge match, folks. Uh, it's going to be Drake, Drake, Dre Miley taking on Cody Durden. And man, that but these guys don't like each other. If you if you follow on social yeah. media, Cody's been calling for Dre for uh, like a, a year or more, yeah. and uh, and so it's finally going to happen. I'm really pumped for that. We're going to strap a professional title on one of these guys. Also, the uh, pro movie tie debut of Jason, the Asian Persuasion King, always a fun fighter to see taking on Deshaun Middleton, who. Uh, We've been seeing him in, in MMA, but now we're going to get to see him in, in his wheelhouse in Muay Thai. Plus, uh, James Adcock moves up three weight classes to take on Billy Two-Tone Combs at 170. we got a 145 title fight also. Uh, Rambo Joe Long taking on the undefeated Silas Reynolds. So this 5-0 versus 4-0 for that 145 title. Uh, also, Parker Wadman, El Burtis, Josh Miller versus Logan Neal. That's going to be fire right there, too, folks. Undefeated Josh Miller really taking a step up there. Darren Hastings, Carter Beekman, Tristan Kelly. Elijah Gilbertson, uh, Zach Gardner, Dylan Stout, uh, CJ Talent, Zach Mannon, uh, Chance Keller, Cam Wallace. Bubba Cruz is back, folks. He's taking on the Blue Angel. Uh, uh, Drew, yeah. Drew Chornahus. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, plus uh, Frank, Frank T's back, too. He's taking on uh, Jake Phillips who's been uh, looking really good in Muay Thai action. So uh, we'll, we'll dive deeper into that next week. We're going to have both Dre and Cody joining us 
uh, on uh, the Valor Hour and uh, a whole lot more. Uh, thanks so much to my uh, my guests and my co-hosts for joining us tonight as we've recapped Valor 61. It's been a blast. We'll catch you guys next week. Valor Hour, we're out. This is a sitting ringside with David Penzer quick fix on Radio Influence. Just checked out the AEW show uh, this past weekend, the uh, Fight for the Fallen. I thought the matches were way too long for the most part. It's cool to have some long matches to build up uh, a, you know, a story, but um, I thought that all of them were a little bit too long. Not that all of them, but combined. I think it was like a four-and-a-half-hour show. Sometimes less is more, but um, I thought the matches were fine. The matches were good. The production was fine. I thought my old buddy Alex Marvez did a much better job. Production was great. You know, I understand they're slowly having to tell stories because they have a a few major events uh, before their TV kicks off. Speaking of TV kicking off, the one thing that I hope, and I'm going to give them a pass on this, is that once TV kicks off, we get to know... The, 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 the talent. We get to know the stories behind some of the wrestlers, the stories behind the angles. For example, you know, what's a Luchasaurus? Uh, how did he become friends with Jungle Boy and what's their connection? Because I, I find them entertaining. Why is Brandy Rhodes the head of the women's division? Why did she just turn heel? And is that going to cause any friction with her husband? Uh, is it going to cause any friction in the office with the other VPs? You know, that's the kind of stuff that they haven't dived into enough quite yet. And I'm hoping they're saving that for, for television. Sitting ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.